Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1024. Don't sacrifice quality for speed. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Julian Avent. Hey, Julian, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yeah, more than ready. Looking forward to it. All right. Julian Avent owns Works 11, a Porsche service shop in Temple, Texas. There he does OEM restorations and mechanical servicing with his team who are all Porsche specialists. He served in the Army for 20 years. Thank you very much for your service, Julian. And all that while, Julian knew he would one day open his own Porsche shop when he retired from the service. While he was in the Army, he apprenticed in two Porsche shops, one in Belgium and the other in the Netherlands. He purchased his first Porsche, a 914, when he was just 16 years old and cut his mechanical teeth doing all the repairs and services on that car. And since then, he's owned over 30 Porsches, ranging from 356s to 997s, and he's worked on the mark for over 25 years. So, Julian, I told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a brief moment and share a little more about your business and a very obvious passion for Porsches? Thank you. The business works 11. We've been in business now. We're coming in on our third year, uh, but I've obviously been in the Porsche community for forever, for the last 25 plus years. And it's really all I've ever, it's all I know. Since I was 16 years old, it's, it's all I've worked on is Porsches. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I owned other cars, I didn't even, I, I never worked on them, like for daily drivers or whatever. So it's its literally been Porsche only for 25 years. Um, the business is going great, and uh, we're having a blast with it. And uh, that, that pretty much sums it up. Well, it makes a difference when you're working in your passion. And I'll let our listeners know, and I'm going to post a link to it. I, I found a really cool video about Julian that some buddies of his produced on uh, YouTube, I believe it was. And uh, I know you wanted to mention those guys because they did this for you in a very kind way. That was done by Lyle Jinks and uh, Mike Montre over at uh, S2 Films, which is a fledgling company that they're getting off the ground, too. Uh, but they're also good friends of mine, and they, they basically did me a solid, and that video has done wonders for the business. So huge shout-out to those two guys for an incredibly professionally done video. Very cool. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that has a great meaning for you, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Julian... Take the wheel. Uh, basically, because of my military background, you know, one of the things we say a lot is check, check, and recheck. And that's kind of the way I've always been with the cars, too. And when you do something quite simply done, you, you do it once and you check it two more times after that to make sure you did the right thing. And that's that's one of the things we like to do with our business, too, and, and try to follow that. Well, I wish more mechanics would do that over my many, many years. And this goes way back. I've had some interesting experiences, and I was leaving a BMW dealership once when another woman had just had her car serviced, and she was leaving, and the front left, I think it was the front left tire came off the car and went rolling across the street as she went into the ditch. She wasn't hurt or anything, but oh my goodness, there's a mechanic who got in big trouble for that. And I I know one time I got home with my one of my Porsches, and there was a, a rag left in the engine bay, and in Porsches, as Porsche people know, if that gotten sucked into the air fan, oh my gosh. Uh, that could have caused some serious damage. So check, check, recheck. Uh, a good advice for auto mechanics and really anybody doing anything, especially, anything. If, 
especially if you're packing parachutes too, I would think. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that's, that's a good thing to check. Really important. Well, let's go back in time and talk about what instigated your personal passion for cars. I love the fact that you got a 914 when you're just 16 years old. Jealous. I wish I had one when I was 16. Uh, tell us about a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were a car guy. I'd say when I knew I was a car guy, it was because of my granddad. When He used to work for the FFA, and he was – I don't know the job title, but his specialty was when back in the day, I guess old school radar, when – when it would be really foggy or stormy, he would actually go talk the airplanes in. Well, because of that, he was able to buy specialty cars that they looked normal, like he, you know, he had several Oldsmobile and Mustangs, but they were really built up from the factory so that he could, lack of a better term, speed as fast as he could to the airport. Oh wow! Yeah, and so I was always hanging around with those as at a very young age, and uh, that I think that kind of is what got me into it. You know, you think back to that. Imagine. As a collector, unique collector car, what some of those vehicles would yeah. be, how they'd be uh, prized by collectors nowadays just because of something special done at the factory to make them go faster. And that's pretty cool. What were some of the cars that he drove? Do you remember the marks? One of them, Mustangs, he loved Mustangs. So he almost always had at least one of those. But the, the one that he had that he would run back and forth at the airport that I remember the most was an Oldsmobile 440. Oh. The thing about it was, it was blank white there was nothing when you look at it there's nothing special about it yeah uh, but obviously motor and suspension and everything else was completely different so. very cool i love that that what a great story that's really neat well let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure you faced along the way and of course these things are really valuable because they teach us lessons that we could never learn anywhere else that we can carry forward so tell us about one of your experiences kind of walk us through it and tell us how that helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your business and your career and your life. I'd say the, the biggest challenge I've had was starting this shop. And the challenge was basically been in the community for years. and You've always got this concept of, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And I think it'll work and sounds great. And it looks good on paper. But when you get down to, you know, like you said, I was in the military, you go from having a steady check your, your whole life. And then you're like, I, I cashed in everything I owned basically to start this business. Oh, yeah. And so went from plenty of money to broke <laughs> overnight. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you're literally, you know, you're, you're, you're hustling every month yeah. uh, to keep it going. And then I've been lucky that I've, I've had the clients and, and the friends that have helped along the way. And, and we've, it just keeps gaining momentum. It was a big challenge and it, it was a really hard to, to buy into yourself, I guess, if you want to say it. But right, the, right. You know, I, I guess I'd tell somebody they're going to do the same thing. You know, don't be afraid, but at the same time, be ready to, to I guess you could say, have a second marriage that you're going to put everything into. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good way to put it. You know, I've, I've heard this from a lot of entrepreneurs when they go out and start their own business. Yeah. And there's a couple of things that I've learned listening to all these people and you over time here. One is build yourself what, what I call a long runway, save up. Uh, you know, save up for this plan, 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 knowing that things are going to change, things are going to uh, bounce around. Talk to as many people as you can who've done what you're going to do. And most people are willing to talk to you. They're happy to share their ups and downs. And, and even more importantly, tell them, ask them this question. What would you have done differently at yeah. the very beginning? And uh, if you just reach out, it's amazing what people will do and how they will help you. So that you can get through some of these hurdles so you don't feel like you're on your own. But yeah, you have to be willing to 
create a second marriage in your business because you're going to be spending a lot of hours there uh, trying to make this thing go and working really hard. But, you know, I think the other aspect, you said the word luck. I don't really believe in luck. I think it has to do when opportunity meets experience and uh, what you've learned over time and the fact that you've got some clients now are no doubt because of the reputation you have and what you're doing. So kudos to you. Uh, it's a brave thing to do to go out and start your own shop. It's a, it's a huge, huge leap, but yeah. it's very rewarding as you've found out. Let's shift gears to go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share what I call a career aha moment. It's kind of a pivot, a time when you realize this is the path I need to go down. You know, like you said early on, I've kind of had this concept since I was a kid. And it's kind of funny because since I was a kid, I was like, oh, yeah, one day I'm going to have a shop and I'm going to work on Porsches. You know, it's going to be cool. But you kind of bang that idea around in your head for a long time. And it's, you know, even one of the guys that works with me, we've been friends since college. And his wife used to make fun of me saying, oh, you're never going to do that. Mm-hmm. So, but now she's, she's obviously, she's <laughs> eating a little crow, she's a little crow and, but she loves it. Don't, don't take that the wrong way. But anyway, yeah. I think it was probably maybe probably about six years ago. It was about four or five years before I retired from the military. And you, you really start getting to that point of either a, I'm going to, I'm going to do this or B, I need to start thinking about going to get a job at Walmart or something. That's when it happened. And, and I basically Way back then, before I even retired, I bought some other commercial property to start paying on while I was in the military We, we in a ah, completely different state. So kind of changed directions at the last minute to Central Texas. But yeah. I'd, I'd say about six years ago, I, I got to that point where, hey, it's, it's, it's decision time and, and let's start planning this out yeah. in a real way. Would you say that there were a lot of things you learned in the military that have helped you in developing this business? Oh, I'm sure. The, the whole planning aspect I, I spent an inordinate amount of time as a commander and, and other jobs just planning. And so mm-hmm. for something like this and when you're, you're talking long term plans, because this is obviously, like you said, you know, you got to you kind of got to build a runway towards success or towards building the business and, and starting the business. It's not just one day, hey, we're going to open a shop and you go hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt on a whim. By the way, we did it or I did it. it, it this shop has very little debt, for example. Whereas most, you. yeah, most shops, you know, they open up and, and they start buying all this equipment with debt and everything else. I started buying it six years ago. Ah, smart. Yeah, little at a time and just kind of started stockpiling it until the day I said, Well, it's time to open. And that's kinda how and I even took on clients long before I had a shop. Um, I had a private workshop behind my house. And I was going ahead and starting to build clientele and popularity off that before I even got into the big, you know, the, the brick and mortar right. um, shop, if you want to call it that. Yeah. You know, you touched on another important thing that I've heard from many successful people. When you have a, a job, become a sidepreneur. And that is take that extra time you have in your day, because there are a lot of extra hours if you cut out all the, the wasteful things that so many people do watching TV or just laying around or whatever it is they're doing, and use that time to build that second business and build a reputation, and then there'll be a jumping off point. And I've had several clients on the show where they were doing that, working all these hours, and their their spouses finally said, why don't you just start your own business? You obviously enjoy it. You're successful. Yeah. Just, just go do it. So having a good partner uh, in your life that's supportive of you and uh, willing to, and maybe that, that friend's wife was just kind of nudging you on, and that was kind of the push you needed to get out of the out of yeah. the nest from her. So she's my she, big sister. So oh, there you go. Well, she did you a favor then, I think is the nice way to, to put that. Well, let's go back in time now. I talked about that first special car for you, may have been that 
Porsche 914. But is there another one or is that the, the first special vehicle in your life? No, actually, actually, there is another one. And, and that goes to another family member, which is my great uncle. He retired from the Air Force. And after he retired, he decided all he was going to do was live in an Airstream trailer out in the country, play a saxophone, play golf, and drive a, drive a Porsche 912 every day. So that 912 has basically went through our family for many, many years. Um, and we almost actually crushed it back in about 2004 or five. Um, but I still have that car today. Oh, nice. Well, 912s were kind of the unloved stepchild of the 911 for so long. And it isn't until just recently, and I, I know why, it's because 911, those early 911 prices have just become stratospheric. And for people that want to get into that market, the 912 is a nice way to enter. And they're, they're delightful little cars, of course, underpowered compared to a 911. But they got everything else that a 911 has, the looks, the feel, and and if you want to mess with the engine and, you know, beef it up a little bit, you can do that as well. But uh, I'm so glad you still have that car. Very cool. Yeah. Great. Awesome. How about a car you've let go that you wish you had back? Is there a seller's remorse story in your life? Uh, yeah. It, I had a uh, an RSR clone that we built when I was living in Holland and, and also working at that other shop in uh, Holland. So it was a RS, full-on RSR race car, barely, barely street legal. The whole deal with that car is that... I spent four years in Europe racing that car literally every weekend. Wow. And so, yeah, I mean, at that car had over 4,000 miles on the Nürburgring, and then you had Spa. Oh, my gosh. Zolder. I mean, all the, all the tracks. Yeah, I missed that car. And when I got back, I wasn't getting to race hardly at all. And then I started deploying a lot. And so I said, oh, I might as well sell it. And, yeah, well, I regretted that ever since so <laughs> oh yeah no doubt well and, and for the just for the memories alone of the time the seat time you had in that car i've been on the Nuremberg ring three times but only in rental cars back when you could do that they've since kind of outlawed the whole thing yeah. and I, I know why after getting off that track yeah. in a, a big 300e mercedes that had absolutely no brakes left on it but uh let's not say that to anybody it hurts you know uh i've had several guests on the show who build really cool RSR, RS Tribute cars. Of course, there's a singer, uh, Rob Dickinson, which is the creme de la creme. But the RSR project, that is a really nice build that they do and, and other people. And then you've got outlaw people like Rod Emery and Magnus Walker that do these cars. There's something in my, something in my heart that likes those things. And I don't know what it is. Maybe because I had a, a Shelby GT350 clone way back that I drove as a daily driver. I had a Beck Spider. And oh. while I always kind of, they're little twins that they weren't the real deal. They were just fun, and you didn't have to worry about leaving them parked anywhere. Yep. And you could drive them the way they were designed. I mean, if you bought a 73 RS Carrera now, I I don't think I'd ever drive it. I'd be too afraid something would happen to it. Well, and that, you know, I think that is something that is getting a lot more popular now. And I'll throw another shout-out out to a, a group of guys that go by a group chat. It's basically a bunch of, we'll just say primarily air-cooled 911 drivers. Mm-hmm. And most of them are G-bodies, but some of them have been backdated. But anyway, the concept with that whole group of drivers, and, and I'm one of them, is we've got some 911s that are not beauty queens by any sort of the manner, but literally go out and drive the tar out of them yeah. on the weekend. So rock chips, broken windshields, broken light lenses, <laughs> the whole deal. Yeah, but, yeah. But, and I think that is really getting popular where... For so long in this community, everybody left them in the garage and looked at them at night. 
Yeah. But now it's it's getting more to the point where people really love driving them and and are enjoying driving, which they should. That's what they're for. So definitely. And I've always said this: every cool old Porsche I've sold as the drove away, I always thought to myself, I should have driven that more. I saved it for that guy. Why did I do that? And it's just a lesson that is hard, has been hard for me to learn. But yeah, I need to get out and drive my car more, most definitely. Well, let's talk about today and tomorrow. What are some of the cool things that you guys in your shop, Works 11, are developing, building, working on there that has you excited and fired up? Well, me, uh, it's kind of humorous. Me, uh, you know, you watch the video. I, I come from more of the outlaw hot rod background. That's what I've always been into long before it was ever popular. And in fact, he used to get flamed a lot way back in the day for doing it. But now, <laughs> now all of a sudden it's cool. But anyway, now you're cool. Yeah, <laughs> finally. <laughs> yeah, those are the kind of I mean, we do OEM restorations and we've actually got a 73 and a half T that I'm excited about. Uh, and we did a 70, I want to say a 71 T last year, both of those OEM beautiful restorations. But I, I kind of dig the, the outlaw cars or the hot rods. And uh, so on that, we're building, I think we're building three right now. Uh, we've got one X E class race car that the guy used to race and, but he wants to turn back into a street hot rod. So we're doing that. That's going to be kind of fun. And uh, we've got a full on hot rod build that I've been working on for another client for a couple of years at this point. Um, but it's a seventies body that we have wedged a 70, I think it's a 78 turbo motor into along with the four speed transmission, which anybody in the okay. know knows that that doesn't exactly fit because it's one inch longer. And we, we, a lot of editing to the chassis on that one. You know, that, that's just a couple of the big ones, but all that stuff, I, I love working on all of it. That's, that's why I do it. So it's, it's <laughs> almost like every project I get amped up about. So yeah, like a new child coming yeah. into the house. So very cool. Well, it sounds like some exciting things. I think that's really, really cool. And I'll remind our listeners, I'll put links to uh, Works 11 website and the video we keep talking about on Julian's show notes page, carsyat.com. Here's a very introspective question for you, Julian. If you were a vehicle, what would you be and why? I hate this question. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's because and a a lot of people have kind of asked me sort of the same question. Uh And it also goes into what's your favorite. Um, And my answer is so hard on that because... The whole deal with Porsche that I've always liked is you can get a different feel or vibe out of each one of the cars. Yeah. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, I drive a 997 as my daily driver, literally. Yeah, I've racked up 92,000 miles on that thing. Oh, awesome. So it's comfortable. It's quiet. Air conditioning. It's awesome. But then, you know, you go through a mood swing and you're like, well, I want to take out this old angry 911 I got and go beat on it for a while. And that's a lot of fun. And then some days, you know, you want to take out old 912. And so I think each one of them, what I'm getting at, kind of has a different personality. And mm-hmm. and you kind of pick and choose, oh, what do you want to do that day or how you want to feel that day or <laughs> so forth. So and I'm, and I'm lucky enough to be able to do that. And so yeah. I, I guess you could say I'm spoiled, but I, I love it. And so. So let's say that you're a garage full of 911s. Oh. <laughs> In all different eras. Different years, different states of mind, just depending on the mood you have when you roll out of your bed in the morning. That makes sense. Yeah, if I if I that's probably where I would go. Uh, yeah, if I had to, I'd probably go with an old air cooled, carbureted old nine eleven. No way. There AC. you go. Rough. 
There you go. I knew I could get that answer out of you if I just pushed you a little harder. So nice. Well, Julian, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, this is Mark Green. You know, I've been using Covercraft covers to protect my cars and motorcycles since I was in high school. That was way back in 1975. This month, I'm offering you, as a Cars Yow listener, a very special deal. Starting April 16th, 2018 through April 30th, 2018, you'll receive 10% off all NOAA Fabric custom car covers and 10% off all Wolf ready-fit semi-custom covers. Simply use the code CARSYAP on checkout at Covercraft.com. NOAA is the most popular outdoor fabric specially made by Kimberly Clark to protect your special vehicle. It provides maximum protection from the harmful UV rays of the sun, rain, dust, those nasty bird droppings, snow, dings, and it's breathable, and it's very soft on your paint. Wolf ready-fit semi-custom covers are an economical option and provide indoor and outdoor protection for your special car. Simply go to Covercraft.com and order the style and color you like best, and boom, you're set. You'll thank me later, and your car will thank me too. That's Covercraft.com, and be sure to use the code CARSYAH at checkout. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Julian, we're back, and we're entering what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Don't sacrifice quality for speed. Very, very wise. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes over the years? Uh, OCD and planning. Some of that military background and... uh, just personality issues as well, which uh, I share with you. So no problems there. Do you have a resource you think our listeners would really enjoy? Also, you know, our website, works11.com, and we also do Instagram, and we've got Facebook for Works11. So any of those sources too. There you go. Now, if I can arrange for you to sit down and have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would that person be? Probably James Dean. Oh, now that's, you know, first, per, you're the first person out of 1,024 people that have said James Dean. Very interesting. What is it about him that you'd like to sit down and, and learn more about? I just, the fact that, of how, well, we all know he died in the 550, but the fact that he was a, a star and all this, which is cool, but he also did his racing on the side, but it was still kind of low level racing, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, if you get into like the Paul Newmans and, and, the, and the other guys that really got big, 
he still stayed kind of grassroots and he still kind of did it on his own, if you want to call it that. And so I kind of always dug that. You know, I often wondered if he had not passed away so young, not only in his movie career, because, I mean, you think of as a giant movie star, but he really hadn't done, I think, but one and a half movies when he was killed. Yeah. But you wonder if, if he had not been killed and had gone on, if he had moved into the ranks of, you know, the, the McQueens and uh, Newmans and some of the other people that have gotten into really serious racing, road racing and so forth, if he had gone down that road and gotten there. I, I kind of hope that he would have. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, that would be cool. Now, how about a book? Is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy? Here's a sad answer on that. No. Uh, oh. <laughs> because I don't have time to read. So my, all I ever read is Porsche technical manuals and stuff. So there you go. Porsche well, technical manuals. Well, that's not so bad. You know, there's a lot of interesting information there. Well, I'll share one thing with you, Julian. You might give a try someday. Audiobooks. They are a wonderful way to read books, in essence, but do it while you're busy and have your hands into other things. Right. And uh, so maybe that's something you give a shot. My okay. wife has has those uh, earbuds in her ears all day long. She loves listening to books. So uh, it's something I need to do more of, too, when I get out and go for a walk and so forth. So very cool. Well, listeners, you can find links to all these great resources that Julian has shared on his show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type in Julian Avent, A-V-E-N-T, and that page will pop right up. All right, we're up to the checkered flag. You've been on enough racetracks to know what that means. White flag's out. Time to put our foot into it. And this last question can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to make you get rid of all your cool cars in your garage. Not your daily driver, but all the, the extra toys. And you can only have one car. One car, but money is no object. I'm going to pay for it. And I know that I don't need to remind you that you got to drive it a lot because you're going to do that anyway. So I admire that about you. But what would that car be and why? Easy, easy to answer. That's the, the 1965 912 that used to belong to my great uncle. Uh, that's one I'll, I'll never get rid of. I've had people try to buy it and I'll never sell it. So, <laughs> well, the one car, if I had to get rid of everything else, that one's staying. Well, you know, I always love it when people have the dream car that they want because so few of us do. So many times people want what they maybe can never have or they're, they're aspiring to get there. But I've had a fair number of guests who have the car that they want already in their garage. So I'm a, I'm a little jealous. That's pretty cool. But I love the fact that it was your uncle's, your great uncle's car. It has so much more meaning that way, far beyond any value you could place on anything. So smart guy, Julian, to hang on to that. Well, you've taken us on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better, and I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey about yourself and Works 11 with Cars Yeah! audience. Could you offer us one little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you rip off into the sunset in your uncle's 65912? Like we said earlier, check, check, recheck, and, and don't sacrifice quality for speed. I live by that. There you go. Words of wisdom. And what's the best way for our listeners, again, to follow along and learn more about you and your company? Our Works 11 uh, Facebook page, the works11.com, and then also Instagram are the easiest ways. We, we try to keep those pretty updated regularly. Absolutely. I'll make sure I put links to all those on Julian's show notes page here on the Cars yeah! website. Julian, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars yeah! listeners and with me. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. You're welcome. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. 
Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimball.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.